Hello and welcome to The Outside Story, a podcast on TV, film, and media from an outside perspective. I am your host, Larry, and here I have with me... Hi, my name is Jonathan. Hi, I'm Jessica. And this is our yearly Halloween special, year of 2022. And today, for our first episode, we'll be talking about Stranger Things. Now, uh, so Stranger Things, to be honest, like... I was a little hesitant to put Stranger Things on our list because when I first saw Stranger Things, I was like, man, this isn't this isn't really horror, you know, at first glance. But um, upon rewatching the, this entire series for our podcast episode, I'm like, oh, yeah, it definitely has a lot of elements and a lot of tropes from horror. And I think I first heard of Stranger Things, like, I think I was just literally just browsing on Netflix when the year came out. And I was like, oh, this looks interesting. And then I was really hooked on since episode one. And it was during the time when Netflix, you know, released all their episodes all at the same time. And so it was one of the very first few very easily bingeable shows that really put Netflix on its radar. That's, that's what I think. I feel like when I was rewatching Stranger Things, there were some very scary moments I feel like a lot of my friends, especially those of you who might be listening right now, you guys are all like, oh, yeah, it's Stranger Things is not scary or, you know, it's not horror or whatever. And I'm like, listen, Stranger Things is scarier than some of the horror movies that I've seen as of late. So I feel like <laughs> it very much deserves, you know, to be in that category. Um, it's yeah. true. It might not have as much like tension you know at times that some some horror movies are known for but i do feel like it is scary and there's monsters and you know things in the dark and stuff like that so yeah i mean Mm -hmm. uh but yeah so for stranger things yeah i feel like it was always a netflix thing and i feel like it definitely was one of the shows that put netflix on the map that people were like oh you need to subscribe to netflix to watch stranger things and i don't remember how i first heard of it because it came out so long ago do you know what year it came out you guys like 2016 mm, let me do a real quick google search anyway <laughs> yes it, it came out a while ago yeah 2016 yeah, yeah 2016 came out a while so that's like six years ago um, yeah. And whoa, <laughs> yeah, six years ago, and so um, yeah, I just I don't remember how I heard of it. It was probably from Jessica because I feel like Jessica has always probably. been a fan of it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have. Like, I think I remember seeing it. You know how they give you all those like teasers and stuff. I think I saw it through there, and at first I was like afraid and really scared of watching it because I'm like, oh, it's like too. You guys know me. Like, this is too scary yeah. for me. But then I actually, you know, obviously, I will tell you how I feel about it later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what was the? I guess what was the thing that like like turned you towards Stranger? Was it the '80s vibe? I think so. I think Stranger Things came out at the perfect time where like a lot of like us millennials, like we're very like just in this like nostalgic stage of like looking back into like, you know, our childhood things. I mean, like granted, it's more in the 80s and we're obviously born in the 80s, (laughs) like early 90s. I don't know if we remember specifically, but... Yeah, but then, you know, it gives us, um, you know, like a lot of the vibes like for you guys, like, you know, like board games and stuff like that, or like, you know, music and, you know, hanging out at the mall with your friends. So it gave, that. that's one of their main reasons why I like it. Right, and I feel like 80s 80s things had influences on on us 
kids growing up in the 90s. Like, we were still watching, like, Breakfast Club. You know, you were really into mm-hmm. 16 Candles. You know, like... Oh, wait, mm-hmm. those are 80s, right? <laughs> know, yeah, okay. Yeah, those are 80s. Okay, I don't want to sound like <laughs> yeah, a Yeah, they were 80s. Like, but, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so, you know, like... Like, the, I feel like it still kind of influences us, even though, you know, like, we didn't necessarily grow up in the 80s. We definitely still felt, mm-hmm. like, the impact of that sort of era on our on our growing up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, like, when this first came out, it was so big. Like, everyone talked about it. Like, a lot of my coworkers talked mm-hmm. about it. My friends talked about it on Facebook. It was just yeah. insane, the amount of, like cultural impact has had and like how much it's affected like netflix and people people will always use stranger things as an example for something you know if they want to go for a certain type of vibe or tone or you know it's very easy to refer to stranger things because almost everyone has seen it you know Mm -hmm. so yeah that's crazy season one so it's about these uh, researchers at hawkins national laboratory where they like open this rift to this dimension called the upside down it's like an alternate dimension like opposite the real world and then around this time because of this dimension opening thing this creature pops out of it and abducts a boy named will byers and a teenager named barbara holland and so will's mother joyce and the town's police chief jim hopper search for will and at the same time a young psychokinetic girl goes by the name eleven escapes from the laboratory and assists will's friends Mike Wheeler, Dustin Henderson, and Lucas Sinclair in their own efforts to find Will. So that's pretty much the premise of season one. Uh, it's relatively pretty straightforward. I think the only other one we haven't really mentioned was Jonathan Byers, which is uh, Will's brother, and also uh, Mike's sister. For some reason, her name is just... It's, it's not coming Nancy. off the top of my head right now. Nancy. <laughs> Nancy. <laughs> For some and reason. Steve. Just, okay. And Steve, yeah, yeah. Na- yeah, and there's also Steve as well. Um, but man, there's just so many characters in this show. Yeah. It's so hard to keep track of all of them. Yeah. <laughs> this season, like, I really love this first season of Stranger Things. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I flip and love this like this season there's just so many good things they had a a really good pilot and i really liked how they used their flashbacks and like the kids obviously made made the show way more better than it needed to be and it just had a very good balance of like supernatural fantasy and like nostalgia too there's just so many good things about this this particular season so yeah what do you guys think about this season for stranger things if you guys are kind of remember, I, think, I don't know how long it's been. You guys seen it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, no, like I, Jason and I binged um, Stranger Things before season four came out, so it's still pretty recent in my mind. Oh, okay. um, so we watched it probably like in June, late May, early June. Anyways, but I, I, I think hands down, Stranger Things season one is my favorite. Mm. Like nothing can top it i know a lot of people like season Mm -hmm. four but um my like top is definitely season one yeah they i think they did like um how you said earlier they did a great job with following the characters following the kids and the parents which was nice Mm -hmm. and it wasn't like too focused on one or the other um there was a good uh balance Mm -hmm. of both you know and it was just like a like a great intro to the story of stranger things mm-hmm. yeah um yeah I, I i agree with the whole notion of 
they did such a great job with the ensemble. You know, like I feel like some mm-hmm. some TV shows try to do like this ensemble cast thing, and it's kind of hard to follow where everything is going. You know, and 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 who what's what's happening with who and what group and stuff like that. I feel like they kind of have this whole heist thing going on with Stranger Things. Like Stranger Things seems to be using like the like a heist as its uh as its show engine almost. You know what I mean? Like there's this like yeah. one mm-hmm. goal that they have for the season and right. every group like works to meet, you know, like how to right. how to beat that goal or how to make that goal, you know? Um mm-hmm. I feel like that's that's definitely what they used in like season right. four. Like you could definitely, they're all working towards right. something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So I kind of felt like season one was a little slow. Like if you weren't into the characters by the end of the first episode, and if you weren't invested in this mystery of like where Will is or like what's happening with like the story, then it's kind of hard to get into it, you know? But I mm-hmm. feel like mm-hmm. if um, if by episode one, the end of it, you're like hooked and you really love it, then, you know, it's it's easy watching. But I do have some friends who, you know, couldn't make it through the first season. And these are people who don't love Stranger Things. Again, I think the 80s vibe is a huge thing. And if what? you're not that into 80s vibe <laughs> stuff, then it might be hard to watch, you know? Right. Yeah. And also what I really liked about what they did here was they had trouble explaining like the upside down and what it was Mm -hmm. and so they had to use like examples they could think of to help them comprehend what the heck is going on you know like this creature they call it the demogorgon which is actually like like a monster from dungeons and dragons but you know this creature is not actually a a demogorgon but they use that to describe (laughs) him because they have no other words to do to describe it you know and the this dimension is is not called the upside down but it just has that reverse kind of look to it you know it's almost like our world but different Mm -hmm. you know so they have to describe it like that and i really liked how they use that to describe a lot of things in this particular season but they also kind of just it's kind of like a thing they do throughout the entire series right. you know and, and that's what i really like about the show is because it's like it's not really about trying to figure out or unravel everything about it it's more about just like okay this is what's going on this is how we comprehend it and this is how we fight back you know and deal with it right um yeah so that's that's why i liked this first season of stranger things they did a really good job with that mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's very clever, you know. And I feel like, you know, they they have tropes in season 1 like um Joyce is like the mom who's looking for her child, you know what I mean? She yeah. is the female trope of like where is my son, you know, and I have to find my son. And you know, we've seen these sort of female character tropes before, right? Like the mom who's just really protective and wants to find her child or wants to protect her child. And it can be over overdone, you know? Um, yeah. And it can be annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, oh my gosh, another trope where is this strong woman character, but she's trying to find her kid, you know? And so, like, um, but then I feel like just the way that it's written, plus the combination of Winona Ryder's acting... It's just, mm-hmm. it just makes the character refreshing. I don't know. I don't know if refreshing is the right word. Yeah. But it just makes a more sort of like 
I feel like I can more sympathize with the character because of it, you know, um, mm-hmm. and actually mm-hmm. enjoy the character for 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 what it's worth. Yeah, Winona Ryder just slays this role. Yeah, like she is absolutely stunning she does. in this role. The same with David Harbour, uh, who plays Hopper as well. Like they both really like surprised me at like at how well they did uh, these characters. For me personally, they're definitely like a really huge highlight as well as the kids, you know. Mm-hmm. So off to season two. So season two. So the premise is one year later, Will finds himself the target of the Upside Down as a large tentacle entity called the Mind Flayer soon terrorizes the citizens of Hawkins once again and possesses him. Drawing back Joyce and Hopper along with Will's friends, Mike, Dustin, and Lucas, Nancy, Jonathan, and Steve Harrington. The whole group along with California newcomer Max Mayfield and a missing 11 must join forces once again to prevent the threat from increasing. So, season two, pretty much a year later, Wills is trying to cope with what happened last year um, and is having a little bit of, like, uh, PTSD from it. But in addition, um, this season introduced a couple new characters this season. Um, Bob Newby, uh, played by Sean Astin, he plays Joyce's love interest, and we have Max Mayfield and Billy Hargrove, who just uh, transferred on over from California, and they kind of uh, meet up and mess around with our main characters. Mm-hmm. So, to be real honest, I saw the pilot, and I didn't want to continue watching, because the teaser for, I don't know if you guys remember, but the, the teaser for the season two pilot is, um, it talks about the experiments that L went under, it talks about those other experiments. And so, like, it introduced one of the other girls. Right. And so, when I saw the teaser, I was like, and I finished the first episode, I was like, man, is season two just going to be all about this this dumb thing? <laughs> like, I don't really want to, I don't really, like, I cared more about Hawkins, and I cared more about what happened to the characters and stuff. So, mm-hmm. so when it first came out, I was like, okay, I can't, I can't watch this. And so, since then, I just kind of pushed Stranger Things season two off to the side because i love season one so much that i'm like it doesn't need a season two you know right. <laughs> it was so good but after watching season two i uh i kind of wish i gave it another shot because there's definitely a lot of good moments a lot of good scenes from this season as well yeah i feel like season two was pretty good i liked most of it but then i feel like the part i didn't like was l's story arc with with her (laughs) going to find her sister it felt really like cw to me like in terms of writing and you know and and it also and for for those of you who aren't familiar cw is like riverdale you know um and i don't know what what the flash well, yeah flash, flash you know um <laughs> so it's like it, it it's like network tv sort of writing and i feel like um streaming tv writing is is a lot better in my opinion that's just my opinion you know i felt like that arc where she goes to find her quote-unquote sister it just gave me really bad vibes like i'm just like oh my gosh is this really happening i can't believe she's having this really awkward sort of rebellious phase and then I also felt like it, it kind of, for some reason, gave me like weird heroes vibes too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because then yeah. you're also trying to find like what other powers do these like experiments have and stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess I shouldn't call them experiments. What, what What's a better term for it? Like, <laughs> like, um, like these 
these children, you know? What other powers do they have? And then, you know, later on in later seasons, it just kind of feels like they just kind of, oh, everybody has the same powers, you know? Um, yeah. Whereas, like, in season two, it was kind of hinting that, like, every child is unique in their in their powers and what they can specialize in doing, so... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just, I just, I, I like the entire second season except for this story arc. Uh, season two is definitely my least favorite, I think. Just, you know, from the four, it's season one up top and season f- two is at the bottom. Like, because <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I liked it. Like, it's, um, my thoughts are similar to, similar to Jonathan's where I did not like Elle's storyline. I thought, like, it was such BS. I'm like, (laughs) seriously? Like, they're gonna take her, like, they're gonna take her away from her friends, you know? Like, she literally just made friends. And, like, so they take her away. So that part was annoying. I feel like it was kind of like, well, we need a story arc for Elle. So what can we do? And, you know, like, oh, let's give her some of her backstory. But I would have preferred a different type of backstory, not this one. I liked the part where they do, like, you know, she finds, like, Mm -hmm. her mom. I like that part. I did not like, you know, her finding her sister because I was just like, who cares right. at this point? Like, we're going to find out. We find out later eventually about the right. rest of the kids. But, you know, I was just like, was this really necessary? Like, I would have just been fine with her finding her yeah. mom. I, I would have you know? been okay if... Yeah. I just feel like the the aesthetics and, like, the, the tone of everything from her sister was so weird to me. Like, if they, if they were yeah. these... It didn't vibe well right. with the rest of if, the season. They, they kind of tried to paint, like, her sister as this, like you know, like, badass, like, person who... Rebel. Yeah, rebel, who, like, goes and kills, you know, like, the people who did experiments on them and stuff, you know? Like, if instead Mm -hmm. she was somebody completely different and, you know, then I think I'd be down for that. But I don't know, it just kind of had this, like, weird grunge, punkish, like, sort of vibe to her and her friends that I I wasn't really buying into. It felt really over... over over exaggerated yeah, felt you know yeah and felt forced right. you know right yeah sorry duffer brothers <laughs> <laughs> i i just kind of felt like you know if 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 what what if they did undercover instead and they were you know do, they were like these lawyers by day or something you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh, i think i yeah. think that would have been a little bit better than these like <laughs> these like roughed up or like you know like right or, or what if they were like trying to save or find all the kids that right, were, you know, there. Right. Or, you know, like, they were not vigilante. <laughs> yeah, it does like, kind of feel like know? that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, they were doing good instead of, like, bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then when it came to bad, it was, like, all the stereotypical, like, this dude got a mohawk yeah. and he's, like, flipping a switch knife. You know what I mean? It just felt really weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. Right. And it's really weird because... Like the the highlight and the strength of season two with L is actually I think is actually with Hopper and L, like their mm-hmm. scenes are really well done when they get into arguments and fights and you know when they have like conversations and such like this father daughter relationship you know mm-hmm. that Hopper and L have like it, it was such a good strong start in the first few episodes for season two. And they just kind of throw it out the window. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, yeah. or it's like, uh, well, we don't have to explore it anymore. It's pretty good. <laughs> and they just kind of explore Elle's own little things. Yeah. So yeah, I wasn't I wasn't really a fan of that. But I really did like um, Hopper and Elle's scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also what really surprised me was actually Dustin and Steve. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. Yeah, same. They were probably some of my favorite like duo on season mm-hmm. two. Like they really captured the rest of the season for me. That like kind of like made up for Elle's like storyline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because I was like, oh, they're really cute. Like <laughs> <laughs> their friendship. <laughs> it was so unexpected. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like Dustin seeing Steve as some sort of like like a role model kind of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Steve kind of being that mentor kind of character too to Dustin. Right. Yeah, like that. That was a really good dynamic that I actually did not see coming yeah. like at all. I don't think anyone saw it coming, but they did a really good job pairing the two. Because I, I guess in this season, it was all about just trying to find out who they could pair with who in terms of like, you know, how can they make this story more interesting? Or, you know, what would happen if we put these two in a room? What would happen? That's what they did. They put uh, the, the the least two people who we would think of, you know, Dustin mm-hmm. and Steve, put him in a room together. What's going to happen, you know? And we get this great, amazing duo dynamic that just continues throughout the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. And so, like, whoever had this idea, like, props to them, man. This one, I think, really hit hit the nail. All right. All right, season three. We're actually kind of going by this through pretty quickly, but yeah, we'll talk more about season three. Time. Trying to get all three. Yeah, this. season three, season four, for sure. <laughs> okay, so season three. In the summer of 1985 in Hawkins, the newly opened Starcourt Mall has become the center of attention in town, causing other stores to close their business due to its popularity. Hopper disapproves of Eleven and Mike's relationship and is feeling separated with Eleven. Joyce considers moving out of Hawkins with her children and gets the help of Hopper to investigate the reason behind her fridge magnet losing its magnetism. Will begins having premonitions regarding the Upside Down, despite Eleven closing the portal from last season. And they realize that the Mind Flayer is still alive. And it soon takes control of Max's stepbrother, Billy Hargrove, leaving Eleven and her friends no choice but to battle him, the other possessed victims, and destroy the Mind Flayer in its new and terrifying form once and for all. Alright, so Season 3 introduced a few new characters as well. Robin Buckley, who's uh, Steve Harrington's co-worker at the ice cream shop. Erica Sinclair, not really like a new character, but she plays, because uh, she was in the last season, but she plays a bigger role mm-hmm. this season. Erica Sinclair is Lucas's um, sister, younger sister. And we also have Alexi, which was this Russian scientist mm-hmm. that Joyce and Hopper capture uh, later in, in like mid-season. Quite a few new characters, um, a lot of reoccurring ones too. Like season 3... Oh man, what about season three? So season three, <laughs> <laughs> well, cause, cause like, like, to be honest, like I'm looking at my notes, it was a little rough with like 11 with Els and Mike's relationship, to be honest, just cause it, they were all over each other. At the beginning. <laughs> the, but not yeah, at the like, beginning. Yeah, at the beginning. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, at the very beginning, they were all over each other. I was like, oh man, this is rough. <laughs> like, like, I don't mind, but they just like, man, this is, to me, it was, it felt a little bit too much, yeah, but like I really teenage, did like really. I yeah. thought it was fine because it yeah. was like it showed, you know, like Elle and Mike like discovering each other and love. So I I thought it was fine. I don't think it was too much. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. All right, that's, that's I, okay. That's understandable. I mean, then. I mean, we've seen other stuff where they like go from zero to a hundred, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's but true. I thought this was fine because they were kids and they're still discovering. So I wasn't like, if if it was the whole season was like that, then I'd be like, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you know, I feel like this was it was it wasn't. Right. It was just a setup. Like they didn't stretch it yeah. out, you know. Yeah, it was just setting them yeah. up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for me personally, the biggest highlight was Max and Eleven's relationship mm-hmm. and how it developed. 
um, because I think the show is kind of lacking female characters who interact with each other. <laughs> they they don't <laughs> they don't uh, they they don't pass the Bechdel test, right? <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah, like not even Nancy really talks to another female character. Uh, Robin, <laughs> you know. Well, yeah. not, that's not until that's the later season. Not until the later season. Yeah. yeah, but 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 still, like, yeah, like it was really nice seeing Max and Eleven get along together because they were, they were kind of they didn't like each other at first, <laughs> but eventually they, they they grew they grew on each other. Um, mm-hmm. and and I really liked how how they um played on that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I wasn't a huge fan of Max in second season. I just kind of felt like she was. I guess similar to how Eleven was feeling. Like, I felt like she was... I felt like Max was just there to replace Eleven. You know, it almost feels that way, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. That, that's one of the arcs in, in, in season two where, like, Eleven and... Uh, oh, my gosh, what's his name? Uh, Mike. Mike, yeah. Bill, Mike Lucas. Is, like... <laughs> um, is like oh like we don't need another girl you know in our party yeah. and so mm-hmm. um, it was it was nice to see more of Max's character in this season, um, especially because she struggles a lot with um, sort of her relationship with her brother and kind of watching the decline of her brother you know yeah. and having mm-hmm. the struggle of seeing and watching that you know and so I really started to like Max a lot in this season that's all I'll say about Max for now <laughs> <laughs> yeah she like she definitely grew on me in season three I was like warming up to her you know um, and it was nice to see her and Eleven like bond and have like you know just be like girlfriends and do like silly things together like what you know teenagers are supposed to do so it was nice to see her bring out that side of Elle yeah Mm -hmm. Billy as well like what happened to Billy in season three I actually wanted to happen to him in season two because I think it would make a little bit more sense because Billy is actually introduced in season two as well but like but Billy's role in season two was like all he does is like He's picks, just a he jerk. picks a fight with Steve for no reason. Yeah, he's because <laughs> he's looking for his sister. Yeah, very antagonistic in season two, and that's about it. Yeah, yeah. but in season three, he plays like a way bigger role. Um, he's not a villain in this in this season per se, but like a he's, pawn. he's being <laughs> yeah, he's like a pawn, and, and like we really sympathize a lot with him. So I really like where Billy went in his arc, yeah. even though his arc is very kind of like in the background, to be honest. Yeah. Um, cause it, we explore more with it when L starts diving into his mind and, um, all these other things, mm-hmm. um, as the mind flare kind of, um, goes about and does this thing. To be honest, I don't really have much else to say for season three in terms of like its actual, um, mm-hmm. in terms of like what, what actually happens throughout the season. Yeah. Like, uh, to be honest, I'm not like a huge fan of the whole Russian storyline, but I understand why why they had to introduce it (laughs) yeah well because russian things are just a a thing of the 80s because of the cold war like it's it's just yeah it's because of the cold war like you have to include russians i guess and the communist (laughs) you know Uh anti-communist stuff that the u.s was basically writing on politics wise yeah 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 Mm -hmm. so i I understand why it was they had to include it somehow but i just wasn't a huge fan of it you know and how it involved joyce and hopper and the the rest of the crew and plus like it didn't really feel like they were working towards something at first it's actually to be honest i think season three is very very slow 
in terms of like trying to understand what they're trying to do. They're all kind of separated at first, you know? Yeah. Because they're all just kind of doing their own thing. Because what? Steve, Dustin, and Robin and Erica are kind of stuck in an elevator, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, <laughs> like, I feel like for, for that, for that group though, it was okay. I but I do agree with that notion for like Hopper and Joyce. You know, we didn't really know what they were doing. You know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. like like they they got the they captured this this uh, this Russian scientist, yeah. but they don't really know what to do with him. Right? <laughs> you know? Right. They brought him to Murray. You know, and yeah, yeah. They saw some pretty like funny interactions here and there, but like otherwise, they didn't really contribute that much at first to the overall storyline. So. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I wasn't a fan of that. One thing, just uh, two characters that came to mind that we haven't really touched on was Jonathan and Nancy, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> and their whole like relationship. Like I knew it was gonna happen. They were hinting at it for the longest time, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah. they spent like season one trying to find Barb, and then like season two, they like get together, and then like season three, I was just like, uh, like I'm. I don't, they just don't have that type of chemistry that she has had with Steve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, man, like, I don't really care about them, you know, like, if they get together or not. Like, yeah. it's fine if they do, but yeah, whatever. Like, I'm not, like, gung-ho for them, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like, like in my opinion, Jonathan's strength was his relationship with his brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how much he's willing to do for his brother. Um, not really him and Nancy. Yeah, I feel like they really only bonded over one thing, which was to find Barb and Will. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And now that, that... That was... Yeah. Now that's done, it's like, what now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and even in season three, like when I, when I was writing this stuff out, I did, I forgot what they did in season three. <laughs> I feel like they weren't that memorable. Yeah, the, yeah. They were with Alexi and... Um, uh, didn't they go to that guy? No, they no, they, they, um, they were at, no, they were part they're of at the, the newspaper. newspaper. Yeah. Oh, right, right. They were part of the yeah, newspaper. Yeah, they were part of the newspaper thing. And they were and They did go find Murray, didn't they? No, no, they no. They went to go find no, Murray? No, Murray was season two. <laughs> Murray was season yeah. two? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, so... Oh, okay, I'm getting in, all mixed yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, it's very easy to get mixed up, right? Because in season two, uh, Barb's parents were going to sell the house to pay Murray to to find out oh, what happened to right. to, to Barb. Okay, I remember and now. Then, yeah, see, yeah. And then see, that's how like not memorable <laughs> they are. Like their their storyline, like together, that's how not memorable they were. Yeah, yeah. It's so sad because in season one they were great, you know. Yeah. And it's sort of like as the seasons go on, you start to feel like, okay, where are they going? <laughs> you mm-hmm. know. Then they kind of yeah. feel like they're kind of going nowhere. Um. So yeah, and I think season three is is the biggest eye opener of that because in season three they were part of the local newspaper and we totally forgot about that. <laughs> I forgot about yep. that. <laughs> yeah, because they didn't really contribute much to the overall story. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But season three though, like the epilogue for season three when Elle's reading Hopper's letter. So spoilers for y'all. Season three, Hopper dies in season three and leaves behind a letter for Elle. That he was supposed to give to her like way back when. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then this letter is so freaking good. Like yeah. it's so good. Like I teared up a little bit just, just oh, hearing yeah. it's just hearing this epilogue. Very well done. Very well written. Very well written. Very well narrated too by um, 
David Harbour as well, you know? So just just all these little things. Like, season, the season three epilogue was so good. I was like, man, like, you cannot beat that. Um, and it's also played along with a montage of Joyce and her family leaving Hawkins because they're moving to California. And so it's also very, like, emotional moments as well, not just for, for Elle, but for, pretty much for everyone there. Mm-hmm. So And saying goodbye to everybody mm-hmm. and everything, yeah. Yeah, it was a very good send-off, you know, in both ways. Very good send-off. One last thing I'll add is I actually really like the actor who plays Billy Hargrove, Dacker Montgomery. Mm-hmm. He, um, mm-hmm. I think he got, like, a couple big, like, roles after he landed his role on Stranger Things. But then I kind of feel mm-hmm. like he kind of fell off the map after that. I just feel like oh, he's okay. a really good actor and did a really good job playing Billy. I think his um, audition tape is actually available on YouTube to to watch and so i guess it's a very interesting like audition tape to watch if you've never seen audition tapes from actors before you could just really tell that he embodies and encompasses the character of of billy very well from that Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and and you know it kind of sucks that billy was a little bit one note in season two but he gets a little bit more interesting in season three yeah definitely definitely cool all right season four During the spring break of 1986, several teenagers are found dead in Hawkins. Surprise, surprise. And so Eddie Munson, the leader of the high school's D&D Hellfire Club, becomes the prime murder suspect and is hunted down by Jason Carver and members of the basketball team who believe that Eddie killed Jason's girlfriend using satanic powers. Dustin and friends investigate and discover that the murders were carried out by a powerful being that lives in the Upside Down, whom they later call Vecna. Meanwhile, Mike Wheeler visits Eleven, Will, and Jonathan Byers at their new home in California, and due to the events in Hawkins and the imminent danger to her friends, Eleven goes with Dr. Martin Brenner and Sam Owens to a secret facility to help her regain her powers. Mike, Will, Jonathan, and his friend Argyle try to track Eleven down. Lastly, Joyce Byers and Murray Bauman learn that Jim Hopper may still be alive and are told to bring money to arrange for his transfer. Meanwhile, in a Soviet prison camp, Hopper is held prisoner and is forced alongside other inmates to battle a Demogorgon that the Russians have captured. Wow, that is very lengthy. (laughs) I feel like there were... Season four, so many things happened, mm-hmm. was happening. Like, there were so many storylines <laughs> and arcs, like, going on at the same time. So you, like, had to pay attention or otherwise you're going to miss things. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I feel like the, it was just, like, jam-packed for season four. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, which is crazy because it's only not, there's not that many episodes. But each episode is, like, an hour and a half <laughs> long. Yeah, you know what I mean? Much a movie. <laughs> but, yeah, like, so episode. much happened, you know? Yeah, yeah so yeah. it was crazy. Crazy. And it's even crazier because they added three new characters to this season and they didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> even though they had so many odd characters and storylines already, they just added more characters. And so we have Eddie Munson, Jason Carver, and Vecna. Um, and those yeah. three are pretty much important for this entire season. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. the one thing that everyone talks about, right? Max Mayfield. Like literally, <laughs> she's the one that she makes this season. Star. She was she the was star. She was the star of this season. Yes. Yeah. Don't even call this Stranger Things. Call this Max Mayfield. <laughs> like it w- this season was literally about her. And, and I think at first, like I honestly wasn't expecting her growth and her arc for this season hmm. it was just kind of unexpected uh, but it makes sense because you know she had to 
Uh, yeah, because Billy died. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Dilly- Billy sorry, passed away. Sorry, spoilers. <laughs> yeah, Billy died. They made it to season uh, four. Billy died. You know, then. Billy died, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Billy dies. And, then, you know, she has to, I mean, even though, like, she wasn't close to her brother, like, she still witnessed, like, something really traumatic, you know? So mm-hmm, it's like right. now she, she has to figure out how to grieve and move on from that. Right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what's even crazier is, like, unlike the other creatures or entities in the other previous seasons, this one, Vecna, actually targets, like, particular people, mm-hmm. you know, he uses mm-hmm. their trauma against them and, like, guilt trips them, basically. <laughs> guilt trips them. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice way to put it. Yeah, he pretty much guilt trips them. Oh, it's all your fault. Blah, blah, blah. It's all your fault. Essentially, that's what he does. And so yeah. all the victims who who are victims of Vecna have this trauma. And so the biggest target for him to pick was Max Mayfield right. because of what she experienced in uh, season three. The interesting thing about Vecna is Vecna is the most human creature, human-like creature that they fought against, you know? Um, yeah. mm-hmm. And so I think that makes Vecna a very interesting character. And it's been said multiple times in season four that Vecna essentially like absorbs the powers from the people that he kills. And so it makes sense for him to choose people who are very affected by traumatic memories because his power draws from memories that are sad and memories that make you angry because when he was trying Mm -hmm. to teach l how to use her powers he was like oh yeah like when one was using his powers he found that he was strongest when he found a memory that was sad and angry and made him sad and angry at the same time so it makes sense for vecna to think oh yeah i need to find people who have sad and angry memories so that I can steal their memories and their energy to become stronger, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And and something that I think that they do well in episode four without, like, naming it, and I think they may name it in... in did I say episode four? I meant season four. Season four. Yeah, season four. That they didn't really name, but then they might name in season five, is that Elle's the opposite of Vecna. She uses memories that are happy and memories that make you feel like human. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. And make you remember all the good stuff about life. And, you know, she was only able to defeat Vecna when she was a child because she remembered her mom. She remembered what it was like to be born into this world. And those memories were strong enough to help her defeat Vecna and, you know, push him into the upside down. And we also saw that in season three where she used that memory to, you know, convince Billy to, like... um to basically, like, not turn evil, you know? Um, And so that is kind of, like, at the heart of who Elle is and what her power truly is, you know? Yeah. And I feel like Mm -hmm. this is something that Stranger Things does so well is that they don't have to name these things, you know? But it's so clear in the writing that, like, that these are the things that Elle is doing, you know what I mean? Um, and yeah. people don't think about it, but then, you know, they, they can see it and they and, and, and they know it, you know. But then, you know, but then, like, Dustin's not being, like, L uses, you know, good memories while Vecna uses bad ones, you know. Like, Dustin, need, Dustin doesn't need to say that. But, you know, right. they use Dustin as an exposition for other things, but not for 
where the powers come from and and how you know this sort of battle of good versus evil you know um is kind of playing out you know and that that's mm-hmm. yeah that's just one of the things I, I i really like about stranger things it's funny that you mentioned memories and you know how like sad memories versus like happy memories it reminded me of like harry potter yeah <laughs> Of, you know, Halloween, you know, you cast a Patronus, like, you you know, they, they tell you to think of a, a, a very strong positive memory. Yeah. Positive memory. So, like, it, it reminded me of that. And I was like, oh, okay. I see where the Duffer Brothers are going. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I see where they might have got inspiration from. Right. But then, I, again, I, I feel like that could be used throughout, like, a lot of, like, just i guess in storytelling right. you know what i right. mean it's like the human yeah. nature you yeah. know thing where right like you know there are bad things that happen to you and you know it's mm-hmm. it's and it's easy to to like to sit right. there and you know think about all the sad things that, right. that or bad things that's happened right. to you right. yeah and i think that was also at the pinnacle of max's character arc too we were talking about max and like you know, Max was so ready to give up when when Vecna basically had her, you know? But when mm-hmm. she heard the music and she saw her friends, like, literally trying to get her, literally jumping to try to get her to come down, she remembered all of the times that she had with them and all of the good times. And that gave her something to fight for, you know? That gave her something to be, like... Like, no, I'm not ready to give up yet from all of this, these bad memories. Like, it's true. I may have been, you know, an a-hole to my brother. And I may regret all that stuff, you know. But then, like, all these other things in my life are great as well. And that's worth fighting for. So I'm going to fight. And I'm going to kick Vecna's butt right now. And I'm going to run, you know, back to where my friends are. Because I need them. and And they're the source of you know, like, like, like true life, you know, for me. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that, I think like all these things, you know what I mean? Like, it's just so well told c- cinematically, you know, like in this, in yeah. the story, which got me so teary, you know, like I, I was like crying so hard during that part in episode four, because it was just so beautiful to see that that's what was going through Max's head. You know what I mean? And and it was all mm-hmm. very intense, too, you know? But the sort of, yeah. like, power of friendship, the power of good memories, and and just, like, um, I don't want to say good memories, because I feel like that doesn't feel, like, strong enough, you know? But, like, mm-hmm. just kind of, like, um, like, love, you know? And... And mm-hmm. memories of love, and when you feel loved as as a person and seen as a person, those are the things that sort of push you to continue going, even though you have all these things that, you know, say otherwise to you. Yeah, well said, well put. <laughs> <laughs> that pretty much describes <laughs> that. That very much well describes how I feel about that particular episode as well. So the song that plays for Max, um, I actually I remember hearing it earlier in this in the in the season. Yeah, and I was like, oh, that's actually a, not a bad song. I was gonna look it up later, but um, I remember we were binging it, Jonathan. We were watching. We were just going. We just kept watching it. I was like, okay, and the song came back for especially for episode four. I was like, okay, I did. I, Okay, now I definitely need to find out what's what this song is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yeah, that, was, that song has made a resurgence <laughs> because of Stranger yeah. Things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think right now it's sitting just shy under 700 million listens on Spotify. Yeah, and probably yeah, more on, huge. on YouTube. So Yeah, definitely yeah. a huge impact. Huge, huge impact. So yeah, everyone will always associate that song with, with this particular mm-hmm. moment. Um, just just can't, yeah. can't forget it. And that's one of the things I think Stranger Things does well too is the music, you know? They yeah. visit yeah. these like 80s bops that are just so... Like, it's kind of forgotten, you know? I mean, they choose some mm-hmm. that are, like, some that are popular, like Never Ending Story in season three, I think it was, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like, you know, they choose stuff like um, like Kate Bush in season four that's not... I mean, I feel like at that time, it was it was very well known. But now, everybody in the world knows it, you know what I mean? Because of mm-hmm. Stranger Things. So, despite all these great, amazing things about season four, this is actually the season I have a lot of gripes with. <laughs> really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I have a lot this of gripes with This is my favorite season. season. Yeah, this is my, this is my second oh, yeah, favorite yeah. season. For me, season one definitely is still my favorite. But, but okay, so I really didn't like that they brought back Hopper <laughs> because Hopper's storyline in this season was just so garbage. <laughs> Like, we don't care about... We care more about what's happening in Hawkins. Like, we don't care what's happening in Russia. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's not doing anything. Yeah, I, I um, agree. Whenever whenever it was back to Russia, the like, the Russia storyline, I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, oh. Yeah, I was like... <laughs> hurry up. I know. I was like, can we please hurry this, you know? So... Yeah, I think the biggest issue here... It's not that um, they brought Hopper back. Like, for me, that's my issue. But I don't think that's actually the big issue here. The big issue is actually they don't really connect the Russia storyline with how it affects Hawkins and Vecna and all that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Joyce and Murray and Hopper are just kind of doing their own thing right. while while the rest of the world is dealing <laughs> with the most important yeah, things. Yeah, their storyline almost feels like Elle's storyline in season two, <laughs> where they're like, well, we need the parents to do something, so will they'll be in Russia? I don't know. Yeah. Like, you know? Yeah. Like, I feel like that's what it was. Yeah, and I feel like it's a stretch on how... And maybe this is just me, but I felt like it was a stretch on how Russia connected to everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's like, oh, it just so happened that they had Mind Flayer stuff here. It's like, and that's yeah, like, right. wow, that's convenient, you know, <laughs> that the Mind Flayer is also there, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, because they had the, the Demigorgons, like that much we knew, right? But then, yeah. like, you know, it was revealed later that they had, like, the Mind Flayer dust that was there, too, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, that's convenient, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I guess, I guess it's all still a little mysterious on the connection between the Mind Flayer and Vecna and everything, you know? Right, right. That's still up in the air. Right. I feel like they kind of alluded to the fact that Vecna is also using, like, um, the Mind Flayer as, like, a pawn. Right. I feel like they kind of alluded to that. Or, yeah, or vice yeah. versa. Like, so I'm not sure. So it's, like, there's the connected, obviously, somehow. Right. But that's, that's, that was my, that's what I thought about, right. you know? Yeah, Vecna did get, like, connected to the Mind Flayer as soon as he got to the Upside Down. And then mm-hmm. I think it was Will that was like, oh, yeah, like, I felt Vecna the entire time, you know, or whatever. Yeah. But that was also, that was also mm-hmm. like, at the end, you know, of season three, mm-hmm. right, right. season four. And I'm just like, oh, thanks for letting us know now, Will, you know? <laughs> 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 yeah. And also, like, by bringing back Hopper, it kind of just undermines that epilogue letter in season three. 
it was a little bit messy. I think it could have been done better, but you know, it is what it is now. I actually also liked how Nancy spearheaded this mystery, trying to figure out like what's going on in Hawkins. Mm-hmm. This is actually the season where she shined the most because mm-hmm. she's not with Jonathan. <laughs> yeah. Ironically, oh, Jonathan Abayas. Ironically, it's because she's not with Jonathan. She gets to shine mm-hmm. more. Which kind of goes to imply, you know, maybe it's not the best. <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah. Because, I mean, the whole time, the whole season, they were, you know, they were hinting, foreshadowing at the fact that, you know, Jonathan and and Nancy weren't going to end up together, you know. And they were heavily hinting that, you know, Steve and Nancy would m- probably get back together. Um, maybe. So, Maybe. Yeah, I, I f- that's that's how I saw it at least. <laughs> like, they were heavily hinting at it. I'm like, mm, yeah. I kind of like so, Steve as a bachelor, though. Not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah you do. I do. <laughs> I, I like him being single and struggling with this idea that he's like a ladies' man, but he can't get any of the ladies. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> I really like that for him. You know. Um, I don't know. I just I just think it's it makes an interesting story because I feel like a lot of like teen drama coming of age like dramas always has this romance for the right. characters, you know? And like the mm-hmm. characters are always in a relationship, you know? And so it's so so good to see Steve struggling with this sort of romance side of his character like for I don't know how many like four seasons now basically because he wasn't really yeah he was with Nancy in season one but I guess season two three and four he what he wasn't with anybody so yeah yeah mm-hmm, yeah and I also love I guess uh, I'm gonna transition a little bit to Robin but I also love kind of like the prominent um, LGBTQ character that Robin is you know um, mm-hmm. and how they kind of. I feel like they kind of threw a curveball at the end of season three for Robin, you know, being LGBT. But at the same time, it kind of makes sense, you know? It's just one of those things that is a little sudden but makes sense. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I kind of, I, I love sort of her struggle with that too, especially in the 80s, you know, where that was still very much taboo. I mean, it's it's still taboo today, but it's definitely a little bit easier in terms mm-hmm. of society's acceptance of you you know i feel like young people are much more accepting um as opposed to older folks so yeah Mm -hmm. what did we think about eddie and jason carver eddie munson two different (laughs) um i actually i wasn't sure about eddie uh, in the beginning but obviously i came to like him at the end you know he kind of became like Spoiler alert, um, he sacrificed himself, you know, for the gang. Um, so, you know, I ended, I really liked him. Um, I was just sad that, you know, he obviously, he died. Yeah. But I knew someone was going to die. Yeah. Um, and and with, like, Jason Carver's storyline, I didn't really care for him. I knew they needed, like, kind of like a bad guy. Yeah. But, like, mm-hmm. like his whole thing, just, like, it irked me. And I think it was just, like, triggering <laughs> with all, like, the, the like, satanic church yeah, stuff. Was very, that was just triggering Yeah, he was me. very, like, preachery, yeah. evangelical yeah. sermon. It felt like he was giving a sermon every time he talked, so. Yeah, and that just, like, it irked yeah. me so bad. Yeah. So, that's, yeah, that's I didn't point, care though, for his right? character. <laughs> yeah, that's the point. Right, right, that's the point right. of, yeah. But, yeah. But he did his job. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, 
Since season one, Steve kind of had this role, right, of this kind of jock character that's just kind of like kind of against what everyone is doing in the storyline, but not really intentionally. He's just kind of doing it because he has his own agenda, you know, and Jack, uh, not Jack, Jason, Jason Carver kind of does that, but he's not as interesting because, you know, Steve has his whole redemption arc. Billy has his own his whole story arc in season three, and <laughs> season four, Jason just kind of gets beat up by Lucas. <laughs> and then he, he beats dies. up Lucas, and <laughs> then he dies. Yeah. <laughs> and Vecna is not Vecna. <laughs> Vecna didn't even use him. He's not even worth using. I know. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's sort of like, man, like, like what a why was he even there? <laughs> right. He was like this, <laughs> you know? the sea story of he was the sea stories of sea stories. You know, like. The least, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. important storyline. But it was there to create drama for Erica. Lucas. Yeah, Erica <laughs> and Lucas, I feel like, you know. Yeah, I think it definitely could have been better, especially with Lucas. Like, what if, like, Jason played, like, a mentor model towards Lucas? You know what I mean? That would, like, definitely heighten the relationships and the stakes, you know, at the end. Right, when he but chooses. But we, we don't get that. Right. Yeah, when he had, yeah, yeah. Like, that would definitely make Jason a little bit more interesting in terms of, like, right. how he's introducing the story and the role he plays. But he's just given this, this, yeah. this secondhand bad guy role because right. he's bad. Right, he's, he's very one note. He does. He's not that mm-hmm. complex. Yeah. Me, personally, I think that's just a missed opportunity. Right. But also, like, to bring it back to Eddie, like... Okay, so so throughout the entire season, Eddie's just kind of running away from things, and so him deciding not to run away anymore, like that, that's how it's kind of like his struggle and his like redemption there, right? But like, I actually have an issue with like his sacrifice because it's like, like his struggle <laughs> the entire se- the entire season was just running away from his problems. But there's a difference between like running away from crazy demon bats and like running away from your problems. And so like when he was running away from the demon bats, he says, I'm not going to run away anymore. And he turns around and starts fighting them like, no, bro, like that's (laughs) that's different from running away from your problems, you know? So like I I just didn't like how they did that. Like I understand what they're trying to say, but with Eddie, like that just didn't work for me. I I understand what he did. I understand everything, but that I think there's just a huge difference between between those two and i don't think they did a good comparison with that (laughs) yeah something that like screenwriters talk about is a character's entrance turn and exit and i feel like they're very textbook when it comes to eddie as a character you know like he had a very clear fear or issue that he was dealing with and you know his entrance made it so that every outcast in high school loved eddie and his sort of turn and exit were very textbook too, having to do with his character issue but i agree with you that his um like his sacrifice or his exit is um i feel like not that much was at stake there you know i i yeah. I, I i love eddie as a character and and I, overall i love his story arc but i feel like there could have been a little bit more at stake with with the exit you know like like mm-hmm. we 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 don't know whether or not his sacrifice was necessary, you know? It almost didn't feel necessary. It almost just kind of felt like it was more for himself than it was for the crew, if that makes sense, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm right. not saying that like his sacrifice wasn't was selfish, but but I mean like I I just kind of wish there was more at stake, you know? Um mm-hmm. like how how do we know that 
Like if if Eddie didn't, they couldn't have defeated right, them, right. defeated the demon bats. Like right. if they tried, right, you know. Right, right. And yeah. how do we know that the demon bats would have been smart enough to be like, oh, these guys are gone, we can leave? You know, we don't really know that, you know. And so mm-hmm. if maybe they killed him too early, you mean? Right, like right. If right. he were to prove himself, sac- right. or do a sacrifice, like it. Should there right. should have been more at stake, right. like you said? Or if, yeah, like, yeah you know, like 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 there was no other option. He right. had to do it. Right, right, right. Yeah, right. yeah. Like yeah, yeah. like if if Eddie stepped in front of Vecna before Vecna did something to somebody else or something, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. then you know it doesn't have to. It's not textbook anymore. You know, like it has nothing to do with his right. his running away fear and sort of stuff like that. So you know, it's it's difficult, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. yeah. Also. Like, what we've seen in the previous seasons for Stranger Things, whenever they kind of run out of ideas or whenever they want to make the storylines more interesting, they'll end up pairing a lot of characters with other characters and just kind of see what would happen, right? We saw it with season two, you know, with Dustin and Steve, and we see it even in season three when they threw Erica and Robin with Dustin and Steve, you know? what or What's going to happen with that dynamic, you know what I mean? But in season four, they threw together... Mike, Will, Jonathan, L, and Argyle. (laughs) The weirdest combination. The weirdest combo ever. Argyle was okay. He was fine. You know, he was 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 a comic relief. He was just comic relief. He just, he didn't really do much. Kind of like annoying comic relief. You know what I mean? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like a very pessimistic Debbie Downer comic relief. (laughs) He just like freaked out so much. You know what I mean? So... Yeah, yeah. kind of like com- like a textbook like character who's always high. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. yeah. And I feel like I I didn't care for Jonathan this season, like in most seasons. Um. Yeah, it's it's so <laughs> difficult, right? Though because like the ensemble is so big, you know, and they have to focus yeah. so much yeah. on like on the, the other, other characters, characters. But I will say that the moments with Jonathan mattered more. You know what I mean? Like with his struggle with Nancy, you know? But it sucked because... Mm -hmm. Nancy and then talking to his brother. And like Mm -hmm. it sucks though that his only confidant, the person who he confided in, was Argyle, you know? Like (laughs) it's like, what the heck, you know? Argyle's like, dude, man, just just like let it go, man. Don't worry about it. You know? (laughs) It's like like we don't don't need that advice right now. You know what I mean? Um, Jonathan is really struggling with this and Argyle continues to push him towards, you know, getting high as a way to deal with it. And, and I don't know, I I just don't know how I feel about that. And then later on, you know, we, we see that Jonathan no longer does that, you know, he's much more level headed because he realized how much of an adult he needs to be and how responsible he needs to be. Um, Mm -hmm. and so he stops with being high the whole time. Not saying that if you like to, uh, smoke weed, that you're not responsible. That's all I'm saying. But while you're under the effects, you tend to not be responsible. So I just felt like the moments mattered more with Jonathan, you know, and and, mm-hmm. and him with his brother and his struggle with Nancy. Like those scenes with him, like every line mattered. You know what I mean? Um, right. Mm-hmm. right. Whereas like the other ones, they could kind of fluff it a little bit, you know? Yeah. You know, if that makes sense. Yeah. I just wasn't a huge fan of this storyline because they were literally driving all the way back to Hawkins yeah. from California. <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and they honestly couldn't get there. 
<laughs> they are they actually didn't get there in time right. you know what yeah I mean? they didn't yeah. so it's sort of like like man like why did you put these five people in the same room and hope something would happen um the thing is though because it's like mike and l already have established their relationship and will and mike are good will and jonathan are good so it's like the the connections and relationships there just don't they just don't make a good combination they just didn't vibe yeah they, their chemistry as a group it just didn't it wasn't there yeah. you know what i mean yeah 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 mike kind of felt like a an afterthought <laughs> in this season yeah i i yeah i just feel bad because you know season one was all about finding him and then season two like you know like he he was trying to figure out how to be normal oh, you, you know again after yeah. oh will yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah did i say yeah. mike yeah, yeah, yeah i meant yeah, will yeah. and mike too yeah. like in the season yeah. like yeah, I feel so. I feel bad for Will's character yeah. because, like, it was so focused on finding him in season yeah. one, season two. He struggled with so much. Season three, he mm-hmm. was kind of there, but you know, he had his moments, but that was it. And the same thing happened in season four, which was like really sad because I really like him as a character, right. and I really wish they would have focused on him a little bit more. Yeah. But yeah, and, and yeah, like you said, I feel like both Mike and Will were yeah. just like an afterthought. Right. They're like, oh yeah, we forgot about them. Right, right. For Mike, I just kind of felt like Mike's character moment in season four is just, I don't feel like it was deserved. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, when when Elle was having issues, you know, being piggybacked and then like she was fighting Vecna like Will was like, "Come on, Mike! Like you're the leader, or whatever, you know." But like the whole time, Mike wasn't really struggling that much with being the leader. You know, he was struggling a little bit of mm-hmm. like, "Who am I without L?" or "Who am I like in this group?" sort of thing. But it wasn't clear, you know. Like there was nothing shown to us that nobody was listening to Mike or that like Mike was being forgotten in light of L. You know, like none of that. I don't feel like any of that was kind of there. And so I didn't really feel like his character moment was deserved when he was trying to encourage Al at the end of season four, you know, to fight against Vecna. I will mm-hmm. forgive it because, you know, there's there's so much that they want to do. And mm-hmm. Max's moment in season four just makes everything else, <laughs> you know, like... It makes, it up, makes for up for it. it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I, I um, I wanted to mention a few things like Papa's character. Like, oh, oh, so I was surprised. Oh. Uh, yeah, annoying. surprised okay, they brought we, we, him okay. back. We purposely ignored yeah. him. <laughs> we ignored talking about him because <laughs> we did not yeah. want to talk about I hate him. him so much. Yeah, I, I was like, honestly, you know, like if it's a bad guy, I'm always like kind of rooting for them a little bit, like for them to turn good, obviously. Oh gosh, and no. he, he had. And he had some good intentions, but like obviously, like in the end, obviously not. Like, (laughs) you disagree? He has a serial killer mentality, in my opinion, where he thinks he's doing something good. He's convinced himself that he's doing something good, but he's not. You know what I mean? So, Mm -hmm. like, even though a serial killer's intention might be to free somebody of their earthly troubles. Even though that's a good intention, that doesn't make it good. You know what I mean? 
how they do right, it. Because he's crazy, <laughs> yeah. basically, you know? Like, yeah. he thinks that what he's doing is good, that he's saving these kids, and that he's convinced himself that, like, he's their dad, you know? And that, like, he's... It's, it's just kind of this weird predatory sort of, like, thing, you know what I mean? Like, he's convinced yeah. himself... Mm-hmm that what he's doing is good and 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 it's it's not it's it's freaking terrible he's taking advantage of these kids and then he's like manipulating them to do what he wants them to do you know and he's convinced mm-hmm. himself it's okay because these kids don't have a father and I'm their father that's complete bs to me you know like like mm-hmm. no like that is not okay you know it's like did he care about l I don't know. I don't, honestly, I don't care if he did, you know, because what came out in the end was, you know, that like Elle still ended up being manipulated and Elle still didn't have a choice at the very end. You know what I mean? Like the other doctor was like, Dr. Owens, right? It was like, yeah. um, like, hey, you always have a choice, L. And then Dr. Brenner's like, no, you don't, you know, like he, he doesn't say that <laughs> she doesn't, but she doesn't, you know? And so, mm-hmm. like, you, you can't you can't do these things and say that you have a good intention, so it's good for you. You know, I just think that that's terrible. Mm-hmm. That that's just me, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to not like him one bit, and I freaking hate. You know, I swore he died in season one. <laughs> I remember I swore, when when I he came back, he and you were like, "Didn't he die?" You know, <laughs> he like got eaten by demogorgons or something. Yeah, I swore the demogorgon killed him. I swore he died, but I guess he didn't if they keep bringing him back in season yeah. two, season three, season four. Like, yeah. he's not a very interesting character to be bringing back. Yeah. So it's like, why yeah. are you doing this? <laughs> Just did you did you feel like he was his character was justified? Um, I don't know. I think I do understand from your perspective, though, Jess, because it's like for someone who's so obsessed with his research, you kind of do hope that he at least feels like, something like for he would have. Yeah, like he would feel something he would like if he really did love her, really did care for her, like he would have changed. And like that would have been like his like, OK, like I can't do this anymore. Like I love her. I love this child. Like I'm going to change right. like that was like my like hope, obviously, see, for the I character. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but he didn't. It's obviously, like, <laughs> yeah, obviously, yeah, he didn't. Like, you know, it's like you know, you want what's best for your quote unquote child, but like sometimes you're you're so immersed in it that you don't see that you're actually hurting your kid. So, mm-hmm. like, I my hope was that he would have stepped back from that and would would have obviously looked, right. you know, look at what's best for L, what was best for L. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that was my hope. Yeah, but obviously it didn't happen. I, I guess I can understand it from a parental perspective but i'm not a parent so i can't i can't say you know like i can't speak from from that perspective i guess he tried yeah. but let's just say he, he did terrible. yeah he tried he did terrible yeah yeah like when they brought him back and they dragged l into this whole training mod not I, I was hoping it was gonna be a training montage but it wasn't it was the entire season <laughs> her hero's journey her hero's journey. Yeah. I was hoping, like I said, I hope I was hoping it'd be a training montage so I don't have to see his face again. But yeah. <laughs> having to deal with him again is like, bro. I thought, like, are you not done with your story? Why can't Elle get her powers in other ways? You know. So mm-hmm. I just, I did not like them bringing him back. It was just, it's like it's like they're bringing back old things that have already been resolved. 
you know? Right. Um, so but it's I, like, yeah. I did like Dr. Owens. I think he was a great, like, addition to, you know, like a great bear not barry what is it like a buffer between like or like a counter or at least he even. tried to be yeah like a counter mm-hmm. between like you know papa and l mm-hmm. like so i i liked him i he was admirable yeah for me, yeah know? dr owens is, yeah. is really good in this one yeah he was introduced in season two and i even thought he did good in season two as well i really liked him as a character um but yeah, yeah. It, it just what's you bringing Dr. Brandon though? Oh, <laughs> yeah. See, like my I was like what I was scared of for Dr. Owens was that like he's gonna turn bad, and that mm-hmm. was like that was like what I didn't want because like they you're kind of unsure about him in season two, you know, with like uh, when he sees Will and and all that. So I was just like, oh man, I hope he's a good guy. Please be a good guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, and I feel like one character that we do need to talk about. Is Vecna. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we like we briefly touched yeah. on him, like briefly, but Vecna. he's also like he plays a big, big yeah. role in this season, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, I thought yeah. Vecna's reveal was really interesting. I actually mm-hmm. wasn't expecting it. Um, but it made a lot of sense. Like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. You know? They yeah. connected the story, yeah, very, very well. Yeah, they connected the stories really well. However, I do not like Vecna that much because all he did was throw exposition. <laughs> all he did was throw exposition. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the, uh-huh. in the episode eight, I think it is. Yeah, or, yeah, the, the, the yeah, episode right before, yeah, the episode right before they, uh, they were, they were going to take their break, right? That, that part one, part two yeah. thing. That very last episode of part one, like, flipping all he does is talk and talk and talk i'm like bro like you don't have to explain i can tell already <laughs> yeah he gives his <laughs> you know? villains monologue um yeah and tells them exactly what he was planning or yeah and then I, I was yeah and I, I was poking fun poking fun at it because i was telling jonathan i was like okay so the reason why Vecna's doing all this because he got no friends and so he's got to tell someone <laughs> <laughs> so that's why he's got to have all this crazy monologue. Yeah, I'm like, Vecna, I know you got no friends. <laughs> like, Vecna, I know you got no friends, but still, like, enough with the monologues. <laughs> like, yeah. it's not that So, Nancy, you going to be my friend, okay? <laughs> Essentially, that's what I don't what care happens. if you want to listen or not, but you going to listen. <laughs> oh, yeah, I just did not like that at all. I'm like, that That was just not, a, I personally don't think that was a great way to, um, to tell the story right. of what was going on with it. it right, just, but at the same time yeah. it's like what do you what else are you supposed to do if you're like on episode seven already out of ten you know and you're and yeah like, they're like crunch time you know yeah. they're like shoot yeah, how are you supposed <laughs> to tell all this oh just give him the villains monologue you know so or you can just chop off that russia storyline that's true but they filmed all that already they so. <laughs> yeah i like vecna despite all the villain monologue stuff because I feel like again he's one of the most human like creature oh, I mean he was human you know that they have fought against you know what I mean so it just made him much more complex than like a demogorgon you know whereas like yeah. a demogorgon mm-hmm. all it wants to do is just kill and eat kill. you know <laughs> yeah. whereas like Vecna it's like wow they're actually dealing with somebody you know what I mean they're actually dealing with like an enemy who who can think like they think who can use magic like L you know and who can yeah like, like an actual like an actual adversary right yeah. right and so I think I think it just makes it as it makes it more interesting and I think that was one of the things that sort of 
made made season four my favorite is because is because Vecna is this is this sort of character who like feeds on you know the negative energies um, from people. <laughs> I was telling Larry during um, during a season when we were watching episode four that it gives me Sailor Moon vibes. You know what I mean? Because Vecna is like <laughs> this queen barrel who's like <laughs> sucking all the negative energies from people, you know? And so like he's like sucking all the negative energies from the people and turning them into monsters and gates and stuff like that, you know? Um and then like, you know, Al and her friends are like Sailor Moon and company who, you know, use the power of friendship to overcome all this evil stuff. That's you know funny. what I mean? And mm-hmm. then like yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see yeah. that. And then like, you know, it's like super dramatic with Max like remembering all her pause her like her her memories of love and friendship with her friends and that's what pushes her to defeat Vecna or at least run away from him, you know? And so like mm-hmm. it has these like sort of Sailor Moon vibes in terms of like, you know, Vecna is not necessarily Queen Beryl. Or maybe he is Queen Beryl, you know? And yeah. And um the mind flayer is uh the hive mind basically. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That sucks all either. the energies and stuff like that. So the one that Queen Beryl always talks to. Anyway, I really like Vecna. I think he's a good character. They didn't have to give him the ex- expository monologue, but I felt like it, it was kind of unavoidable. I think what's his face did a really good job playing him. I don't remember his name. When they sh- first showed him as one, I kind of figured it was going to be him, and then it was him, and I was like, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so I was like, uh, okay, yeah, I knew it. Like, kind of just like, yeah, I figured he was. You know, when once once they were revealing more of what happened between one and L, you know, mm-hmm. um, they were just like, okay, yeah, he's the bad guy. So yeah, I think he was a great is a great villain to this whole story. Um, so I'm excited to see the rest, even though I have thoughts on season four. Like <laughs> I feel like it should have they could have ended it. They could have, but I but they but then they introduced Vecna, so obviously you can't. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, yeah. obviously yeah. can't. Like so I wish I wish they would have introduced him earlier. Yeah. Instead of, like, the whole, like, Russian storyline. Like, we could have went without that. Like, it wasn't necessary. <laughs> right. Yeah. Honestly, like, like, like in season... They could have introduced it in season three, to be honest. Like, they could have gotten rid of the Russian storyline. And then season four could have been it. Could have been done, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That could have been the last season. Because I feel like now it's just, like... I feel like it's dragging <laughs> on a little. Yeah, well, the season five is going to be the yeah. last one, right? Yeah, so yeah. I, I think so. I hope so because I don't yeah. think I can watch any more season right, Stranger right. Things. Like I mm-hmm. like I, I feel like, you know, like it's it's coming like I can I can feel it coming to an end. So like I was like, Oh, I thought season four was gonna be it, but it's not. So yeah, I wish they would have ended it yeah. in season four. I think that would have been like the perfect it would have just been perfect if it's if they ended at season yeah. four. Like I would have been happy then and there. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the biggest problem with the whole series as a whole is that between each season, they happen very close to each other. Like, there's no time mm-hmm. skips or anything. And to be honest, I think this show would benefit from the time skips a little bit. So that way, these kids aren't just experiencing things, you know, back to back to back. But it's like we get to see them grow as people. And not only that, like, they're way older how they look compared to you know what they look from season right. one to season four there's like such a huge yeah. gap 
you know, and there's no addressing that <laughs> so, gap. <laughs> season five, they're going to be grown-ass adults, you know, and yeah. they're going to be like, hey, man, what's up, Will? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, and I think I remember reading an article that they asked the actor who played Will for season four, they asked him to, like, increase his voice pitch. He was like, uh, no, I'm not going to do that. The hell? <laughs> like, yeah, you can't. If you're going to do that, if you're going to ask him to do that, you might as well just have a time skip and have them all grow a little, just a little bit older, you know? Because um, we don't have to know what everyone's up to every single year. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what I think. Um, because what's more important for Stranger Things is about these little incidents and happenings that occur in Hawkins and them all coming together to deal with it. You know, it's not necessarily what's happening to them this year, what's happening to this year, you know? So yeah, that's that's my thing. And I know season five is not gonna be a time skip. It's just gonna happen straight <laughs> straight mm-hmm. you know, straight yeah, from right this after. season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of which, for season five, so we know season five is gonna be the big finale. So question for y'all, who do you think is going to die? I just have a feeling they're gonna kill off Steve. <laughs> I was gonna say the same thing. Actually. <laughs> oh, really? I just know it because he is a character favorite. Like everybody yeah. loves him, so the best thing to do is to kill him <laughs> off. <laughs> and like um, that, just, yeah, yeah, they're Especially definitely going to do that because he's he's been such like a a sort of like protector of the children, you know. And so mm-hmm. it's kind of hinting that. He's always going to protect the kids no matter what, you know? And so yeah, I, I, I yeah. wonder. And also, it would make sense for the love triangle thing, too. Yeah. Because then Nancy would have this issue, right? Of, mm-hmm. like, oh, my gosh, I like Steve was my one and only or something, you know? Or, yeah, or, or yeah. something like that, you know? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I just, I agree with you, Jess. I feel like Steve might be yeah. Pretty big contender for contender. who's going to die on the yeah. chopping block. <laughs> I think it, I think they'll probably kill off a, a few characters, maybe one major character and a few minor characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely think I they might kill off Hopper, but I feel like they might not. Well, they already did, Just, but they brought him back. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like either they might kill him off or keep him on so that he can you know, being in a relationship with what's-her-face, uh, Joyce, you yeah. know, and live a happy life together because he didn't really get a happy life. Um, so, I don't know. He, it's a con- He's a contender, too, but definitely, definitely they're going to kill off Steve. I just know it. Oh, man. I was thinking that Will might actually die, which is a little odd, but, like, to be honest, he's kind of run out of steam for his character arc. Like, he's not really doing mm-hmm. anything. He hasn't been doing anything mm-hmm. since, like, season two. I feel like he's like, going to be a pretty key character in season five, though. He has to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is why I think he. No, they're not going to kill the only <laughs> like one of the only queer characters on on the TV show. That would be homophobic. They might kill Robin. They might kill Robin. <laughs> no, they better not kill any of the LGBT characters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I my told God. you, they're definitely they're going to kill off a major character and a few minor characters, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so, like yeah, Nancy's yeah. dad, yeah. you know? Everybody hates him. <laughs> Just kill him, please. <laughs> yeah, Elle's also a good contender, too. Yeah, um, Elle would make sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It would be really sad, but... 
But then again, people are saying, like, you know, it's Stranger Things. It's not Game of Thrones. People, only the new people who get introduced die, which is kind of true, because a lot of the character deaths right. <laughs> were those who have been introduced that season. Yeah. So, uh, who knows? They might, they might all just get a happy ending. Maybe. Or Vecna. Or Vecna might die, you know? <laughs> he, was in, he was new. He was new in season four. They might kill him off season I, five. I honestly <laughs> hope they, they kind of, they don't kill Al. Because I feel like Elle's kind of been carrying the entire thing for so long, you know? I feel like her mm-hmm. character sort of needs a break, you know, from that. Like, you know, season four, when she was getting bullied, I was like, are you freaking kidding me right now? You know, like, Elle can't even take a break and get friends and be happy for once, you know? Like, she, yeah. she always has something happening to her. She always has to grow up and be this sort of you know thing and then she always has to sacrifice herself you know what i mean in season one she did that in season two she did that you know and so like it's just like man it just feels like she's always always the one who has to come and save them always the one who has to sacrifice herself and i don't i don't know i don't know how i feel about that as like a subconscious theme you know um yeah so yeah that's true She's never really been happy <laughs> on her own, on, on her own, you know. Right, right. She has moments here and there, but yeah. All right. Anything else to add to uh, Stranger Things? We talked as long as an actual episode of Stranger Things, <laughs> as long as the season four episode. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, okay. So if y'all haven't noticed so far, Stranger Things pretty damn good i personally still think season one is the best out of all of them but season four like it's absolutely worth it for just for max mayfield (laughs) in season four it's definitely worth to binge all of it i wasn't convinced that first when jonathan first told me that but now i am very well convinced that is very true yeah so i i definitely messaged larry after i watched episode four of season four and was like and that's you know max's main episode and i was like um Yep, we're talking about Stranger Things. <laughs> I'm going to make you watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all this just for this particular episode. So, so yeah, um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. You guys have anything else to add for Stranger Things? Like your favorite seasons, what you guys are looking forward to? Um, I'll rank my seasons. Sure. So it'll be season... So best, best to worst, okay? Best season one, four, three, two is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I like season four. Yeah. That's my favorite. Yeah, for me, definitely, like, once again, season one is definitely the best. That pretty much does it for this episode of our October Halloween special for 2022. So next week, we're going to do a, a real quick episode, and we're going to be talking about The Midnight Club and also be talking about Marvel's Werewolf by Night. We'll see you then. <laughs>